What does the word more mean to you? Does it mean more money? More power? Or how about more influence? In today's message, Pastor Landry shows us the importance of how to live more, love more, give more, and serve more as we discover how to be more. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. How are we all doing this Sunday morning? Okay, I have just brother Joseph Andrew answering me this morning. Let me try that again. How are we all doing this weekend? Okay, so you prefer the weekend to the morning, right? I'm, I'm just kidding. Anyway, you're all welcome here. We just want to thank God for you. Uh, good to see some faces. And um, we're so glad you're all here. Uh, if this is your first time worshiping with us, we just want to thank God for you. We appreciate your worshiping with us this morning, and we hope this will be uh, one of the many more services you are going to be having uh, with us. And just a few things also, I just want to acknowledge also, uh, those of you that are still uh, supporting us in all kinds of ways, you know, especially financially, we just want to thank God for you. And our prayer for you this morning, what we hope for you, what we pray for you, is that uh, your parts will drip with fat all the time in the name of Jesus. Uh, uh, the Bible declares that God is the one that gives seed to the sower and gives increase, and he will multiply or increase uh, our seed sown. And I just want to thank God for you that that will be your portion as you keep supporting us. We just so much appreciate it. We understand what is going on in our country, and we know what is happening all over the world, and yet there are still people who are still really, really committed to uh, supporting us financially. So we just want to thank God for you and thank God for uh, what is going on. Uh, two things this morning uh, that just will go with my um, uh, message this morning. And uh, the first one is I just want us to pray for uh, this country. Yesterday was uh, September 11th, the anniversary. And I just think we just need to pray and just remember this country. And remember, you know, people that are suffering with all the issues of September 11 that has come. I was watching some documentaries yesterday and people have still not gotten over some of the trauma that they went through. Uh, people are still suffering uh, based on the residues of what is going on, I mean, what went on in September 11. So if you would just close your eyes with me or stand with me or whatever positions you want to be, just be with us, let's just pray. Father, this morning we just want to thank you uh, for uh, this country. We want to thank you for your people. We want to thank you for everything. Father, we thank you because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Father, we thank you because you own the whole world. You have the whole world in your hands. You have a plan and a purpose for humanity. And we thank you because your plan and your purpose for humanity cannot be derailed. No matter what we see, no matter what we hear, no matter what we believe, we thank you, God, in the name of Jesus. At the end of the day, it is your will, your purpose, and your counsel that we stand. We just pray for all the victims, especially for September 11. And we just thank you, God, because that bomb in Gilead, will reach out to them and continue to heal them and continue to help them to be able to cope with all that is going. And apart from that, let us not forget the lessons 
that we have been able to glean from all that happened during that period. We give you praise, we thank you, and we bless you, we glorify you in the name of Jesus we have prayed. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right, also, um, because our vision is serving, uh, building strong families and serving global community, we have a group of people, you know, amongst us today who will be going out to serve the global community. And um, they will be traveling to South Sudan. If you know South Sudan, it is uh, the youngest nation in the world. All right? And so I, I'm so glad that we're part of uh, um, uh, a ministry or an organization that will send people out. So Sister uh, Linda, uh, Sister Hilda, and um, uh, Sister Ada, please come forward. Let's just pray and just send you forth. And um, Sister Buchitu is going to be a part of the team. So they'll be traveling to South Sudan. And um, I just want to just pray for them. Pray for protection. Pray for God to cover them. Pray for God to protect them. Pray for God's direction and leading. And moreover, pray that the hearts of the people will be open to receive the word of God from them. And pray that God will guide them. He will lead them. He will direct their steps. That they will come back with results. They will come back rejoicing, bringing in the shift. Father, in the, more, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you this morning. We bless your holy name for Sister Ada, Sister Buchi, and Sister Hilda, who are taking these steps to take the gospel and go into all the world like you have said. Father, as they go to South Sudan, we thank you in the name of Jesus because they go in your name, they go in your power, they go in your grace, they go in your anointing. And we thank you because they are protected, they are guided, they are covered by you in the name of Jesus. You declared that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And they will say of the Lord, he is their refuge and their fortress. Father, we thank you because no evil shall befall them, nor any plague draw near their dwelling place. Father, we give you praise because you guide them, you lead them, you direct them. You say you will go before us in everything. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, we thank you because of that, your presence that, is, that goes before them and overshadows them. We give you praise in the name of Jesus for souls that they will touch, people that they will reach out there in the name of Jesus. We thank you, O God, because their hearts will be ready. Their hearts will be open to receive the word of God, which is able to save them. We thank you, O God, because your word in their mouth will be fire. The word, your word in their mouth will be hammer, O God, and will break every barriers open in the name of Jesus. We declare every gate and every barriers and every hindrance broken in pieces now in the name of Jesus. And we declare that you go on the highway of God and bring in results. Rejoicing in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, with all that done, I will just go straight into uh, my message. Uh, some years ago, many years ago, I, I listened to a series of tapes, and um, I read a book by Robert H. Schuller many years ago. And in that book, he dealt with um, Matthew chapter 5, the first part of it which is the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And on that Sermon on the Mount, he talked about the, what we popularly call the Beatitudes. But Robert Shula did not just call it the Beatitudes, he called it the Be Happy Attitudes. And that has stayed with me, it has struck me, and um, anytime I see uh, Matthew 5, and I begin to read from verse 1, 
I begin to think of the be happy attitude. And somehow, if you read that uh, Matthew 5, you're always wondering why, are you, I wonder in my mind, why did he call it be happy attitude? But as I began to read, and I read and I studied the whole of the uh, uh, Sermon on the Mount, I began to see the reason why he called it the be happy attitude. All right? However, um, okay, let me, let me back up. And that is why when I, I read and I wanted to bring out this message, I, um, I, I saw something different. And um, I saw more. Every time I read that scripture, every time I read that part of scripture I'm going to be reading to you, I saw more. And I said, okay, this scripture is not only about the be happy attitude. There's also a section that deals with the be more attitude, what I call the be more attitude. All right? And that's what I'll be sharing with you this uh, morning. And one of the things I want to say before I go into uh, the depth of this uh, message is that a lot of times when we hear the sermon on the mount, we have reduced it to just the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes are just an introduction of what that whole sermon of the mount is because uh, the sermon on the mount covers um, chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7 of the book of Matthew. All right, and a lot of times when we hear the Sermon on the Mount, we just reduce it to the Beatitudes. But the Beatitudes are just the uh, uh, spiritual, um, Jesus' spiritual inaugural speech as he commenced his ministry. Because the Sermon on the Mount was the first major teaching that Jesus was going to give to his disciples. And it was more like a marching order of how he wanted the kingdom or he, how he observed the kingdom to function, all right? And so he, um, he, he brought this uh, uh, bunch of messages, uh, blessed are you, blessed are you, and blessed are you, all right? When this happens, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall, um, they, they shall see God, blessed are you, know, all kinds of things. He just said all those things. But... What I want to focus on this morning is the second part of Matthew 5. And that is the fact that the way to accomplish the Beatitudes was recommended or explained to us in the second part of the book of Matthew 5. If you will, just open with me to Matthew chapter 5. Let's start from verse 21. I'll skip verses because it's going to be a lot of uh, reading and I don't have too much time. Let's start from verse 21. Look at what Jesus said. He said, You have heard it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, but whosoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say, so you will always see it in verse, in verse 21, 27, 31, 33, 38, and 43. Six times Jesus said, You have heard it being said, but I say. You have heard it being said, but I say. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you this morning, what I'm trying to bring to your attention this morning, is that more is not about money. Although I can tell you I can, make, I can, I can do with a lot of more money that I have now. More is not about influence alone. 
if as a church we have more influence, I mean, we'll do better here, right? We'll be able to impact the society more than we are doing. But when Jesus said this, he was telling us that everything that pertains to the kingdom of God, in the very intrinsic nature of the kingdom of God, more is really important. I'll give you an example. I'll give you, I'll give you instances. The very first principle that God expressed to us in scripture, the very first principle that we need to live by was seed time. He said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. During the seed time, you sow something, and during the harvest time, you get more. The principle of more. By the very nature of God, we understand that he, he gave us a new covenant. The Bible says, for you have a new covenant, or a better covenant, based on better promises. When you hear better, it means more. By God's own nature, the way he deals with us, the Bible tells us, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. By the way God has created our path, he said what? He said to us, the path of the just or the path of the righteous shines more and more or brighter and brighter. So what I'm saying all of this to tell you that more is really important to God. In other words, God did not create us or God did not give us a new covenant just for us to remain on the status quo. In fact, in verse 20 of Matthew 5, I think verse 20, yeah, I'm correct. Verse 20, he said, except your righteousness be more than that of the Pharisees. So, what am I saying? Or what is God telling us in all of this? What I'm saying is that from Matthew 5, from verse 21, God in himself has shown us the path of the kingdom, and the path of his kingdom is more. All right? So, as we look at this, what does more mean to God? What should we look at? How do we look at this more? How do we um, 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 go through this more? Uh, as time goes on, I hope that God will help us and give us the opportunity to be able to, uh, um, uh, be able to expand on this. Uh, four things that I want to tell you. Now, from Matthew, Matthew 5, 21 to verse 48, all right? I have concealed and condensed these things that God wants more into four principles. All right? If you look at that, if you read it, and if you, if, you, if you look at it whichever way, you slice it and dissect it, it's going to fall back to these four things. All right? Number one, God wants us to live more. He wants you to live more. Number two, God wants us to love more. Number three, God wants us to give more. And number four, God wants us to serve more. In other words, when Jesus Christ was introducing his kingdom, everything that was in his mind was about us living more, loving more, giving more, and serving more. Living more, loving more, giving more, and serving more. Those are the things that push the kingdom. I will, I, I will explain as time goes on. But now, let's look at it. I want to tell you that when he said, if you have heard it said, it has been said this way. Who said it? What said it? He was referring to the law. 
And a lot of times I want to tell you that laws don't lend themselves to more. Laws lend themselves to the most minimal things in life. I'll give you an example. Your traffic laws, right? There are traffic laws here that we have to obey. Am I correct? Yes. I I've gotten some tickets, so I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> traffic laws tells you when the light is red, stop. When it's green, move. It gives you some boundaries by which you should function. But there's a limitation to that. And what is the limitation? Because uh, what is the limitation? The limitation is that these laws are just limited. They are minimal in nature. In other words, the traffic law tells you how to drive on the road, but it refuses to tell you to show compassion to somebody who has a need for compassion on the road. Yeah. All right? So somebody has an accident or somebody is getting a wreck. The law does not obligate you to be of help. Why? Because it is just limited. And that is why uh, the story of uh, um, uh, the Good Samaritan is a good expression of the limitations of the law. A lot of times when we hear the story of the Good Samaritan, what we normally think of is, oh, you know, um, some guys are good, some guys are bad, and some guys are not your neighbor. No, but one of the major principles that Jesus was trying to express to us was number one, the law is limited. In other words, the guys, the Jewish guys and the priests did not do any wrong by the law. That was what was required of them. The law required of them what they actually gave. But a lot of times you are going to depend on the law. It just requires the barest minimal from you. The other guy, the Samaritan himself, was a guy who was not bound by the law. And because he was not bound by the law, he was not bound to the limitations of the law. So he was able to do more than the law provided or the law allowed. And the more was better than what the minimal of the law was going to provide. So what am I saying? I'm saying to you that when Jesus Christ said, you have heard it being said, but I say to you. In other words, Jesus Christ came and gave us a new covenant or a new commandment and this new commandment is about more is about more being more living more loving more giving more and serving more in other words what should our um, our outlook towards life be or what should we uh, be looking at based on uh, the, the book of Matthew uh, 5, chapter from verse 21. What we should be looking at and what we should be extending is that at every point in our lives, we should not rest on our oars, all right? Jesus Christ has come. Okay, let, let me just back up here and just let you... Just, sometimes, um, we, we, sometimes I look at, you know, the way we behave in the church uh, in two forms, in two ways, all right? There are some of us who are so legalistic about the way thing, that things should be, all right? There's some of us who are very legalistic about, you know, about how things should be. And then there's some others who believe that all we have to do or all that God has called us to do is just do the barest minimum or nothing at all because the grace of God covers us. And so because of grace and because we have thought about grace and all of that, which is great, 
But what I am telling you is that Jesus Christ is saying that grace requires more from you. Grace requires that you are able to live more, that you are able to love more, that you are able to give more, and that you are able to serve more. If you are not doing that, then you are living outside the bounds or the recommendation of grace personified, who is Jesus Christ. Because grace personified, who is Jesus Christ, is the one making these recommendations for us. So what I'm saying, in essence, is this, is that God wants more from us. In other words, our response for every situation and in every circumstance is not to retreat or retract. Our response should be that we want more. We want more. We want more. Um, uh, in the Old Testament, you have Caleb and Joshua, who even at the time they were growing old, and even at the time when all the people were beginning to be fruitless. Guess what? They said, give me this mountain. In other words, I want more. I can still do more. You know why? Because I can do all things that God has called me to through Christ who strengthens me. As the righteous, I want to let you know that the Bible says that even in old age, you will see barefoot. So what am I saying to you? I'm saying it's not time to retreat. It's not time to stop. It's not time to hold your brakes. It's time to get more. Whenever life comes against you, and whenever situations overwhelm you, I want you to confront that situation with more. Because that is what God wants from us. All right? So, this more, how do we, as a people, how do we, how do we get into more? How do we do more? Uh, this I read. Let's go to Philippians 3, verse 4. Philippians 3. This is Paul. The apostle of grace. This is Paul talking to us. Philippians 3, 4. For though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Go ahead. Circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is by the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellency more of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. All right? So what I'm saying to you or what I'm telling you today is Paul the apostle of grace is trying to show us how we get into more. Now, number one, or A, how do you get into this level of more, like that Jesus said? How do you get into a place where you can move from, it was said, but I said to you? 
this is said, but I say to you, number one, you must have the I want more attitude. Philippians 3.10. Philippians 3.10. Paul tells us, you must have the I want more attitude. Philippians 3.10. Philippians 3.10. All right, thank you. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. That I may know him. There was this ability, there was this thing about Paul that wants more, that does not want to settle for where he was. He wants more in terms of his understanding of Christ. He wants more in terms of his experience with Christ. He wants more in terms of his relationship with Christ. And he said that I may know him. He has the I want more attitude. In other words, one of the ways that we can enter into this realm of the more that God has in stock for us is to want it. All right? You want, you, you, you cannot get the abundance of God or the depths of the, of the totality of God if, number one, you don't have this attitude of you want more of God. All right, number two, or B, start where you are. Start where you are. If you are going to get more of God, you have to start somewhere. Like they say, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. Wherever you are, start. The issue is how consistent are you going to be in growing from where you are to where you want to be. Start from where you are. You don't have to be me to start where God wants you to, to get more. You just start where you are. And the Bible tells us that he that is faithful in a little will eventually be faithful in much. Just be faithful. Start where you are. Begin where you are. Start where you are. And number three, you have to depend on Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Like Paul told us in Philippians 3, 9, he said, you know, this is all about Christ. This is all about Jesus. It's all about Christ. It's all about Jesus. And um, he just believes that as he does what he does and depends on Jesus and wants more, Guess what? He begins to increase the volume, the capacity of all that God wants him to do. All right. In verse 48, when Jesus said all these things in verse 48, he now ended that particular chapter, Matthew 5 48, he ended that chapter. He's saying, be ye perfect as your father or your heavenly father is perfect. In other words, it is on this part of more that we begin to look like God, not only in our nature, because already by our nature, by the nature of who we are, we are like God. But by every other thing, every other standard in our character, in our relationship, in our dealings with people, we begin to deal with people more like God because we are getting more of him. All right? So, and what does that mean? What does that word perfect mean? The word perfect is the Greek word teleos. All right? You see, and teleos just means uh, uh, something growing. 
especially in mental and moral character, it is also used as coming of age. In other words, what that word is saying is talking about us maturing, that God wants us to mature and act like Jesus Christ here on earth. And the way we can do that, one of the ways we can do that, that our lives begin to look like or reflect the nature and the life of Jesus Christ. Because also in this chapter you will discover that the basics or the thing that God was really concerned about or Jesus was really concerned about is that you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the world. And these are the ways that you can be the light and the salt of the earth or the world. Alright? So God wants us to be able to be like him and the way or the path he has made or created for us is to live more, to love more, to give more, and to serve more. All right, as we are trying to round up this message now, as we're trying to round up this message, I want uh, to tell you uh, uh, the story of my friend. I have a friend and um, this friend is my neighbor. He's 85 years old. Uh, I know you know that my friend, right? You know him, right? Yeah, brother Joseph Andrew has met that my friend. Uh, we're very good friends, very good friends. But if you see this guy at 85, um, you will not believe that he's 60. The guy is healthy, he's strong, he's agile, he's still, you know, He's still together up there. Um, uh, a lot of times, you know, 85-year-old man, he, in our subdivision, he has the neatest, the cleanest, and the most beautiful yard. And he does not use professional people to do it. He does that himself. And apart from doing that himself, he also helps his son, uh, who lives just down the road, to mow his lawn and keep up with his yard also. Apart from that, he plays tennis every day. Walks his dog, does everything. You cannot believe that this guy is 85. I mean strong, healthy, lucid when he's talking. And a lot of times I keep wondering what is the secret? Is it, is it, is it natural? Is it, is it um, hereditary? And all of that. No. Maybe. I'm not too sure. But one thing I know in my interactions with this man is that this man always wants more. Always he wants more. For instance, this man still at 85. He's not a professional lawn tennis player. But he watches all these tennis, uh, tennis channels and all of that, and guess what he wants to do? He wants to improve how he plays tennis. And other times I'm like, are you going to be paid for this? No, but he's telling me, I, I've been to the, I went to the lawn tennis court once with him, I couldn't keep up with him. All right? <laughs> I, I went to the court once with him, and if he misses a shot, he's so angry at himself. Why? Oh, no, you should do better than this. You can, you know. So he, he wants more. He will tell you, oh, I need to, every time, I, there's no day I have a conversation with him that he doesn't talk about raising the bar. I want to raise the bar. 
he still has visions of what he wants to do. He, he will still tell you, oh, you know, I, I just think I want to start something else. I just think I want to start doing this now. What about doing this? How do you think this will work? He wants more for his life. And because he wants more for his life, I am thinking, or I am suggesting, or I am assuming, a good assumption, that that is the reason why he has kept his sanity, he has kept his health, he has kept his strength. In fact, let me tell you, a few years ago, the man, 85 years old, had a stroke and he recovered fully. Recovered completely at that age. What I am saying is this, is that the man wants more. And because he wanted more, life responds to him that way. In the same way, as Christians, if we are going to be spiritually strong, we are going to be spiritually healthy, we are going to be spiritually agile, we must want more. Our response to issues must be that we want more. Why do you want more? Because God wants you to have more. God wants you to live more. God wants you to love more. God wants you to give more. And God wants you to serve more. Amen. I'm so appreciative of uh, 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 people that are here. I don't want to call names of, you know, of people who are serving here. And every time, every week, we, we keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing because we want more. We don't want to settle. We want more. We want more. We want to live more. We want to love more. We want to give more. We want to serve more. And we keep pushing. Three weeks ago, two weeks ago, somebody called me. Oh, I just feel that, you know, we should, um, I, I, I just feel that we, uh, we need to come here. Some of us need to come here in the morning and just pray. And they've been doing that for three weeks. They are serving and they are doing what they need to do to make sure that the life of God and the work of God here prospers. You know yourselves, I'm not going to mention you. I'm saying that we want more. More does not hurt you. What more does is that it helps you to be able to experience God the more. That's what more does. It does not help, I mean, it does not hurt you. In other words, when life begins to challenge you and things don't seem to be going your own way or the way that you expect that things should go and uh, uh, things are not looking rosy sometimes, I want to tell you this morning that it's time to put everything on the table and just go for more life, go for more love, go for more giving, and go for more serving. Why is that so? Because we need to live more because Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Why do we need to love more? Because love never fails. Why do we need to give more? Because it is more blessed to give than to receive. Why do we need to serve more? Because service is the way to the top. Jesus Christ, if, Jesus Christ said, if you, uh, whoever wants to be a leader or at the top, must first of all serve. 
In other words, what am I saying? That the whole kingdom of God, the whole kingdom of God can be advanced the more by us living more, loving more, serving more, or giving more, and serving more. Now, time will not permit me to be able to unpack what it means to live more, to love more, to serve more, or to give more, and to serve more. But I am hoping that one of these days we are going to get some opportunities, more opportunities to be able to, uh, uh, to, 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 to do that, to, uh, to, to express that and show what it means, really, to live more, to love more, to give more, and to serve more. So in closing, in closing, you know, I always give uh, homework, I always give uh, assignments. <laughs> and, and you know what comes after then? I'll be at the door there uh, trying to get your, you know, the worksheets and all of that. Uh, I, I'm just kidding. But in closing, in closing, to be, to, you know, to be honest, I just want you to ask, I just want you to ask yourself uh, these questions as we close. And think about them because I just don't want us to come to church just listen to the word of God, and then we go back, as we open those doors and go out, guess what happens? It's become a thing of the past. It's become a thing of last week, rather than us living it forward. And that's why I just want to come, with, I just want to, come to you this morning and with this question, and I want you to just think about this. Just think about it. Are you living life the way God wants you to live it? You can write it down if you want to write it down. Because sometimes you need to take, you need to, you know, take and make all these assessments and look at yourself and say, yeah, I may be falling short here, or yeah, I may be apart here, I need to fire more. But number one, are you living life with more the way God wants you to live it? Because he came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Number two, are you loving the way Jesus wants you to love? Because look at what he said. Love is not only about loving those that love me, but love is loving those that don't like me. Number three. Are you in that place where you are given like God has enabled you to give? Because when God enables you, you are able to give more. Look at what he said there in scriptures, Matthew 5. He said, if they want your shirt, give them a coat. Give them more. That's the requirement. And number four, are you serving? Are you truly serving? The way you should be serving which is serving more. Now, when, when I say that, I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to... Uh, uh, let, let, me, let me just quickly uh, talk about that before I, I hand over. When I say uh, giving more and serving more, I'm not just talking about you just giving us money, although if you give us, we'll, we'll be glad. And, you know, like, I appreciated you from the beginning. You see what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but, that, but that's not just all about it. It's all about giving yourself and giving everything about you to God's service. All right? 
And when I say service, I'm not just trying to cajole you to just walk. Even though we need people who we need to work for us here, we need people, we need more hands to be able to help us, to be able to do the things that God wants us to do because there are so many things that we need to do. So many things that we need to do. So many things that we're doing. We have so many God-given ideas and God-ordained ideas, but we don't have enough people. But here's, here's what I want, I want to do. I don't just want people to just come in and just do it because I said so, but I want you to do it because you have a conviction in you that this is what you should be doing. All right? So that's why I'm saying examine yourself. Examine yourself. Look at yourself. Look inwards and ask yourself these questions. Answer them honestly. And on Sunday, I'll take the answers. I'm just kidding. All right. Um, Father, this afternoon, we just want to thank you. We bless you. We glorify you for uh, your word. Thank you for uh, helping us with the attitude of more. The ability to be able to start where we are. And the ability to be able to depend on you. Because we know that at the end of the day, it is no longer us that live, but Christ that lives in us. The life that we now live, we live by the faith of the Son of God, who so loved us and gave himself for us. Thank you, God, in the name of Jesus, because you are helping us to do more at every time. You are helping us to push and to push and to push and to push. Father, we thank you and we bless you. Bless everyone that is listening today. Bless everyone that is present here today in the name of Jesus. And help us to be able to be reflective on all the things that we have heard. Lest they sleep. Father, we thank you and we give you praise. We bless you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Amen.